county line She's reading Marx and Lenin all the time She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool She's a socialist of the highest degree I'm a communist her mother hates me You're an anarchist You don't want anything from me I'm a Satanist At least okay. that's what I think I'm That's Asher That's Vix And this is Speak, Speak of, of the, the Devil. Devil Hello, hello Hi We are here Still in the same house together In yep. very smoky California Yep, everything is on fire, and as Satanists, we are against it. We disapprove. Yep. Hardly. Yeah. Um, and so, I think we're both a little bit smoke-addled. I think so. We've been sleeping a little too much. Um, yeah. Feeling exhausted. I'm kind of coughing a bit. Both of us, I think, feel a little <laughs> dazed. Yeah. But, despite all that, we're going to try to do an episode for you today. Because we're trying to keep to our release schedule. So, yes. Uh, yes. God damn it, you're going to need to edit this. I will. Oh, you know what we can talk about first? Yes. This is why I was kind of stalling, because I knew that there was something that I actually wanted to... Okay. little announcement or whatever. We yep. did have our first ever uh, public meetup yep. for First Church of the Morning Star, um, which happened at Wicked Grounds, despite Wicked Grounds being closed that day, yep. because the folks at Wicked Grounds love us so much that they opened the cafe just for us, just in the evening. Mm. And... Which is so lovely. It was so lovely of them. So yeah, um, it was a Satanist-only kinky coffee shop yep. for a minute there. Um, Living the dream, truly. Yeah, and we had a really nice little group of people. Yeah. Really interesting group. Um, I think everyone was pretty gung-ho and pretty excited about yeah, the no, next we event. Exactly. We had a fairly good turnout. How many people would you say it was, Faith? I think it was around 11. Okay. Which, I mean, it's not huge, but for a first meetup at Wicked Grounds, yeah. it's kind of big, honestly. Yeah, no. Um, and, yeah, just more people who were more enthusiastic than I expected. Exactly, and especially coming out while everything is on fire. Exactly, yeah. It's a damned impressive turnout, and it went beautifully, <laughs> and we're making lovely friends and well this is the thing about theistic satanists is we're so damn lonely i know that we are the people who will literally i mean because that's the other thing people were trekking up from like san jose yeah and um redwood city to make it to this because we're so hungry for community yeah and yeah there's kind of people with different takes on satanism people with different experience levels but all just just lovely Yep. Yep. Anyway, though, today I want to try to talk to you about French Satanism. Yes. Which is a, kind of a funny and misleading phrase. Yes. Um, you know, okay, 
I first got interested in French Satanism as a concept. Yes. When I was talking to a Thelemite. Yeah. And I mentioned that I was a Satanist. Yes. And he was like, oh, are you like Levian or like a traditional French Satanism type yeah. thing? And I was like, what do you mean? Traditional French Satanism. What is traditional French Satanism? Exactly. So that really intrigued me. And um, I've gone down this rabbit hole recently. Yeah. Um, partly because for some reason I decided I wanted to attempt to write about French Satanists in the 19th century for National Novel Writing Month. As one does. <clears throat> but also just because... So here's the spoiler. Devil worship in France, we're really not sure if it was a real thing that anyone did. Yep. But it seems like a lot of the signs that there might have been... Something up? Something being practiced, you know, before LeVay. Yeah are pointing to France. Yep. And I don't know what's up with French. Actually, uh, as we'll see, there's a few reasons uh, for why France. Yes. Um, but there's also a certain amount of just like, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah. I guess we can sort of start getting right into it. I would imagine so. Yeah. What? You're making me feel awkward. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I'm a little <laughs> smoke-addled. Same. <laughs> uh, so the first guy that I want to talk about, even though he's kind of a terrible example, he, yeah. if he was a Satanist, he was a poor excuse for a Satanist, because yep. he was a child-murdering dickhead. Mm-hmm. But he's sort of the earliest significant figure who yeah. contributes to this imagination of yeah. devil worship in France. Yes. So this guy called Gilles de Ray. Yep. Weird dude. Known first for hanging out with Joan of Arc. Yep. Who was, you know, quite a nice person. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Know. You know, and I approve of Joan of Arc. Yep. Um, and then, you know, from being this sort of hero liberator yep. figure, just becomes a fucking child murdering pedophile. Yes. Who was possibly we think started doing that because he was doing goetic style demonic magic now you know meddling with the goetia does not exactly make you a satanist just ask alistair crowley but it sure makes people think you're a satanist yes um and we also don't even know for sure that that's what he was doing because we do know he had also become politically inconvenient He'd become politically inconvenient. He was, like, really rich. He had a lot of lands. Yeah. Um, but honestly, so there's been some sort of, like, yeah. Gilles de Ray is innocent conspiracies, yeah. and they don't seem to have a lot of legs. Yeah. Um, it seems pretty damn clear that he was doing very bad things to children, and yeah. a lot of them. Um and the sort of the accusation that he was doing some kind of demonic magic yeah. um, was taken seriously enough that there was, um, what is the phrase I want? He, essentially, he had two trials. Uh, there was a, like, ecclesiastical <clears throat> yes, court? Yes, ecclesiastical court and, like, civil court or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so it, it was um, it was thought basically that he got into occultism and was trying to summon a demon named Baron uh-huh. or Baron maybe if you're French Baron I don't know I can't speak French um, so they tried unsuccessfully to summon this demon three times mm-hmm. and then um, it was suggested to him by this guy Perlati, who was kind of teaching him about alchemy and yeah. goetic magic that he try offering parts of a child yeah so that's sort of the legend of how he maybe started started doing that but um whether or not he was dabbling in demonic magic yeah it seems pretty clear that he was eventually just kind of killing kids because he liked killing children yeah not that offering them to demons is an excuse for that no but I'm just saying, I think that that really kind of had more to do with him being a goddamn serial killer pedophile than with being into demons. Yep. So, this guy, I'm kind of giving the background on him mainly because of sort of his literary influence on a book I'm going to talk about later, which is actually a lot more important and a lot more interesting than than him himself. Yep. Um, a book called La Basse by Joris Carl, Joris Carl Huismans. Yes. Huismans? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> if you are better at pronouncing people's names than me, you might hate this episode. Yep. Eh, whatever. So, We're doing our best. That was sort of Gilles de Ray, uh, 1400s or so. And now yep. we're going to skip ahead to... Uh, Around 1677, yep. to the Affair of the Poisons. Always fun. So much fun. And again, this is yet another thing. Swirling rumor. Yep. Um, weird sort of political, well, literal witch hunt. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's various things going on. It's hard to know what the fuck was even happening, if anything, satanically speaking. Yes. Um, but this is right in the middle of the court of Louis XIV. Yep. And um, basically what happened was um, a Madame de Brindelier, mm-hmm. I think I nailed that, um, supposedly conspired with her lover to poison her father. Yep. And, you know, she was caught. She got in trouble, uh, sentenced to death. Um, but it kind of created this poison panic. Yes. And so they started hunting down fortune tellers and alchemists and witchy type people who were suspected of selling poisons. Poisons, yes. Because, um, for a long time, like, poisoner and witch were kind of... Kind of the same concept, really. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, was it magic? We live in a pre-science era. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. If you, if you eat this plant and it makes you die, then it's a magical plant. Yeah. So <laughs> poisoners. Yeah, basically. Um, so they're rounding these people up. They're torturing them. Um, although yeah. in some cases they were kind of just getting them drunk. Yep. Which is apparently what happened with this woman known as... La Voisson. Yes, she's a big deal. Yeah, and she's the one who really gets the the super fun rumors going. Yes. 
because she basically starts saying a bunch of people in the French court yep. are having black masses yep. and worshipping the devil. Um, yeah. And m- notably, she implicates the king's mistress, yes. Madame de Montespan. Oh, God, pronouncing all this shit. Why did I do this episode to myself? I, yeah. I'm just going to embarrass myself so badly. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> um, like, if we get corrected, we get corrected, and it'll be nice, because yeah. then we'll know how to say it. Cool, cool. So anyway, um, so King's Mistress, supposedly she's feeding aphrodisiacs yep. to the king, and she's performing black masses. Yes. Um, I read that she was um, supposedly serving as the nude altar yep. in black masses, specifically. Yep. Um, and, you know little children were supposedly getting sacrificed to Satan. Yep, that was definitely an accusation yeah. floating around. Yep. Um, there were also accusations of be- La Voisson being a prolific abortionist and yeah. keeping the bodies. Yeah, and using the bodies and the masses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, that was fun. Um, Very fun. But yeah, Levoisson was sentenced to death for witchcraft and poisoning. Um, Actually, ultimately, 34 people were sentenced to death in this thing. Yep. Which sucks if nothing was actually going on. Actually, probably people were poisoning each other a lot because this was... 18th century France. Sorry, 17th century Yes, exactly. Um... But, you know, kind of a... Convoluted. Combination of people are actually murdering each other with satanic panic. With Maybe some of these nutty people were having black masses. I don't know. It's the fucking court of Louis XIV. They were doing all kinds of shit. Yeah, no. um, From what I read, there's a book on this that I have called Mm -hmm. The Affair of the Poisons. um, That one of the things that kind of sparked these accusations was one of the king's previous mistresses being pissy. Ah, uh, yeah. Because he had a bunch of mistresses, and they were always fighting each other. Valid. Yep. Yep, so that was a thing. And now we're going to sort of skip lightly ahead again. Yep. Um, skipping a bunch of history, notably... The goddamn French Revolution happened in here. Yep, which it should be noted, like, satanic imagery or got pretty popular kind of leading up to in Mm -hmm. poetry and art. Yep. And, like, kind of a sympathy for the devil's stance. Similar to what happened around the Russian Revolution. Yes, Yes. exactly. Yeah. Satan shows up for revolutions. Yeah. And um, people start doing these counter readings... Um, yep. where, you know, Satan's the underdog, Satan is the rebel against tyrants. Yes, exactly. Satan's the liberator, all that shit that we believe. Good stuff. Yep. Um, do-do-do. Not that we, like, are in favor of the terror during the French Revolution or have any endorsement of the Soviet Union, just so we're clear. Yeah. But... You're a tanky. Just I, admit it. I am not. I'm an anarchist. <laughs> I just like... I like Polina Zemuchina, the lady who ran the Soviet Cosmetics Bureau a lot. 
tanky. <laughs> this is one of my hobbies. I like accusing Vix of being a tanky for no good reason. He's not. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I, He's I, a Maoist. How <laughs> dare you? So anyway. I'm not a Maoist. Slander aside. Yep. Um, yes, French Revolution. Um Killing priests was kind of a thing yep, that, during that as well. They're the anti-monarchy and the anti-religion were pretty yeah, pretty tied up together because at that point. the church was intensely corrupt and very very much a prop for the aristocracy. In fact, they were using like priests taking confession to spy on people. Like they were that was an information gathering Ooh. thing. So yeah, that's that's fucked up. Um, so all that shit happens, which leads to kind of, or comes along with, rather, this sort of surge of sated consciousness. Yep. But, you know, eventually they kind of tried to calm that all down, you know, calm the terror down. Yep. Start being sort of okay with the church again. Yep. Um move out of revolution mode and into Napoleon. Napoleon, exactly. Yep. Um so as we're kind of at the beginning of the nineteenth century, we're in this weird place of um sort of this liberatory satanic impulse being a fairly recent memory. Yep. Um I think in both goody and bad ways. Yep. Because, um, yeah, we also remember <clears throat> the terror. Yeah. yeah. And also, of course, this is after the Enlightenment. There's just, there's been a lot of fucking upheaval in the world. Yes. Um, and so you get the Romantic Movement, yep. a lot of which is, you know, happening with the English just across the channel, but you also get Victor Hugo. Yeah. Um... And some others in France. Yep. And the Romantics kind of have the whole sympathy for the devil bit going on. Yeah. Um, they've all read Paradise Lost. And we're into it. Totally into it. Um. Yeah. And could you just pull one thing up for me? What do you need, darling? I want to know when um, Mrs. Radcliffe was writing. Mrs. Radcliffe. Because the gothic novel. Oh, yeah. Feels like an important factor is leading to. Oh, yeah. So, so this is this is right around then. Yep. Yeah. Anne Radcliffe is writing. The sort of. Yeah. Crucial big deal gothic novels like. Uh, Mysteries of Adolfo. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently also being accused of anti-Catholicism. Yep. There you go. It's all kind of tied up together. Tied up together. Um, and so there is that. Um, and so you were saying about the romantic movement. Sorry, I was saying. I'm actually gonna have to take a break. All right, fair enough.
took a greyhound to the county line. She's reading Marx and Lenin all the time. She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool. I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool. She's a socialist of the highest degree. I'm a communist. Her mother hates me. You're an anarchist. You don't want anything from me. I'm a Satanist. At least that's what I think I might be. Whatever. Okay, so we're back. Yep. Um, as I was saying, the thing about the romantics is I feel like a lot of our modern sympathy for the devil is it's all owed to them. Yeah. They're the ones who really kind of start synthesizing Lucifer with Prometheus and yeah. with these other very positive liberatory figures. Yep. Um, so that is super important for setting the stage. Um, and then briefly, mm -hmm. I, this guy's not a Satanist, but we've got to give a little shout out yes. to um, French occultist Eliphas Levy. Eliphas? Eliphas Levy, Eliphas. I believe. Thank you. Yeah. I embarrassed myself what? on the podcast. You know, I hate it when you're the kind of nerd that you read a bunch of shit, but you usually don't say it. Yeah. And then you try to say it, and people are like... <laughs> well, you know, again, it just means you've only read it. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Anyway, <clears throat> this guy, pretty cool. Um, yeah. He was a socialist. Yeah. And um, actually, kind of a bit like you, he gets really fed up with left-wing activism because. and becomes an occultist so like he he's just having his heart broken by not being able to make the revolution happen the way he wants it to not being able to get shit done yeah and so he gets into magic and the occult um this is a thing that happens yeah and um his contribution that is relevant um, right now <clears throat> to our topic is the image of Baphomet that yep. he creates, which is what we think of as the only image of Baphomet, <clears throat> although it's not, um, yep. you know, goat head, titties. titties, solve and coagula on the arms, yep. you know, one hand pointing up, one hand pointing down. This yep. whole, like, out above, so below image of Baphomet as this, um, sort of this, this symbol of universal balance and just the entire cosmos and the oneness and, of everything. Yep. And it's really very hippy-dippy and nice when you get right down yeah. to it. Um, Baphomet is unity. Yeah, Baphomet is unity, union of opposites. Yep. You know, pretty cool. Yep. But that image, um, ooh boy, that image really uh, freaks people out. Yeah, it and does. we're gonna see that later. 
Yep. Um, so now we get to... We're all the way sort of at the end of the 19th century. Yep. And this is when shit starts going down. <laughs> yes. In a big way. Um, so this book, La Basse, comes out by uh, Joris Carl Husmans in yes. 1891. And um, it's an interesting novel. Yep. It's um, kind of about this fucking jaded author. Yes. Who is an even less subtle self-insert than I thought at first, as it turns out. Yep. Because here's the thing about Le Boss. It's presented as fiction, it is, but people at the time, um, including the author himself, were saying, oh yes, this is just thinly veiled references to this fucking guy. Yeah. Um, so it's... I think even if this wasn't allegedly quite a bit based on fact, it would still be quite important to the literary history of Satanism. Yes. But in some ways, it's almost as close as we get to a document of certain things. Yes. Which makes it super infuriating. Yes. Because it's fiction. Yep. So this, um, as I was saying, this self-insert character who's kind of this jaded writer. Yeah. He's trying to write a biography of Gilles Duray. Yeah. Who I said would come back. And he gets interested. He, he has a friend. Yep. Who tells him, oh yeah, people are practicing Satanism now. Yep. In Paris. And the main character slash self-insert guy becomes fascinated with trying to track down the satanic underbelly of, yes. you know, modern Paris. And um, eventually it culminates in him managing to get into a black mass. Yep. And, um, you know, and then sort of realizing that even Satanism is just as empty as everything else in his life, it seems, because he's annoying and French and sort of pretentious and, and well, has existential angst. But <laughs> the author was one of the decadents. And, yes. You know. Although he actually... He did not want to identify himself as that, and yeah. he was actually ripping on the decadence early in the book. So yeah, no, the decadence, um, you yeah. know what, I, I forgot to mention that we're right around Baudelaire as well. Yes. So, yeah, that's a, I mean, I feel like the decadence, they're like an echo of the romantics, but more cynical. Yeah, they're the j- romantics who have become jaded. Yeah. They're not, you know, the romantics want to be standing on the mountain peak in a storm and trying to get struck by lightning because they're just that extra. Yep. Whereas the decadents are more about, you know... Let me drown in the gutter. Yes, or like you're sort of lounging on your shabby velvet chaise lounge and there's like a bouquet of wilting flowers dropping their molding petals on you and you're a aging courtesan or something. Yep. With a venereal disease. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That is sort of Yeah. It's all very French. Yes, it's very French. Which is the point of this episode. So yeah, I mean Baudelaire, who's known for his collection of poems, The Flowers of Evil, which yep. contains a lot of wonderful satanic 
contents. Yeah. Notably the litanies of Satan. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, but tangent into Baudelaire and decadence. Yeah. Point is, this Huseman's guy is his contemporary and from the same movement. Yes. Um, so yeah, this novel comes out. Um, and then it sort of turns out that there's more to it than fiction, as I was saying. Yeah. And basically, the villainous... Here's pretty much what happens. Yeah. There's this uh, ex-priest, mm-hmm. Bolan, who's been accused of being a Satanist. Yeah. He's, he's been defrocked. Um, supposedly he got a nun pregnant during the satanic rites. He's totally disgraced. Yep. But he's maintaining that he's innocent. And that the real Satanist is this guy, Guaita, an Italian living in France. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically in a feud. Yes. With, like, Bulan and Guaita are in a feud. And Bulan manages to sidle up to Husmans mm-hmm. and befriend him yes. while he's trying to write this book yep. and um, convince him that Guaita yeah. is this horrible satanic priest who's doing these black masses and yeah. doing all this crazy stuff. But what's weird is that Bulan might have actually just been describing himself Yes. And then saying the other guy did it. But we're really not sure. Or, you know, maybe no one was doing it. But it's this whole clusterfuck of occultists in a magical feud calling each other Satanists. Which has been a theme. Yes. Um, But it's it's about to get more so. Yep. And uh, Husmans gets totally pulled into it and totally pulled into Boulan's camp. And um, models the horrible satanic priest in Labas on Guaita. Yeah. And uh, do Sorry, just finding my references real quick. Yep. Pretty much as soon as they're collaborating on the book, they're getting magically attacked. Um, yep. And it just, it gets super ridiculous. Um, As these things are wanting. Bulan actually dies. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say heart attack. Yep, heart attack. Um, which was believed to be Guaita's doing via magic. Yep. Um, and... Husman's um, got sort of this little protege, uh, Boas, mm-hmm. who's also super involved um, in the feud. I believe you mean Bois. Bois, yeah, thank you, Bois. Yep. Um, and Bois escalates it from a magical feud to a pistols at dawn feud. Yeah. Um, and meets various of these occultists for duels in which no one gets hurt, possibly because everyone's using magic to protect themselves. Yep. It's ridiculous. 
It gets very um, silly. It gets very, very silly, but eventually both Guaita and Bulan are dead. Bulan, as I mentioned, a heart attack. Yep. Guaita's developed a uh, drug habit of that course. kills him. Of course. Um, and Husmans is sitting there going, you know, I kind of think maybe Bulan was actually the Satanist. You know, now that he's dead and I've had some time to think about it. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else he knew all this shit about what you do in Black Mass. Um, yep. But in the final analysis, yep. we have no way of knowing what the fuck was happening. Yep. And again, we really... We don't really have any way of knowing if anything was happening. Yeah. Or if this is all basically just satanic panic. Yep. Now, speaking of satanic panics, yes, we're gonna get into the satanic panic of 19th century France, yep. which comes right out of La Bosse, and um, this creeps me out a lot, actually. Yes. Because it follows the pattern of the satanic panics that we talked about yep. in the 80s, and um, that where sort of sensational books that yep. are presented as somewhat factual or as fact come out yep. and people get really worked up and worried about Satanists in their mess. Yep. And then shit just goes bananas. Yep. So, congratulations. We've come to Taxil's hoax. Nice. Now, this is in some ways more interesting than the Satanic Panic of the 80s because this doesn't have... This doesn't really have... Um, how should I put this? Mm -hmm. This doesn't have someone behind it who was duped by, you know, bad hypnotherapists. Yeah. This isn't someone who has kind of the character of a victim. Yeah. Or of someone who's become confused. Yeah. This man is a troll. Yep. This man is a shit starter. Yep. And I almost kind of admire him for it, except he really let it go on for a little too far. Yep. I think just because he was so charmed by his own cleverness and yes. so amused by the fact that people believed his bullshit. Yep. So, Taxil... Um, was a uh, very anti-Catholic. He was sort of like a, I guess, sort of a yellow journalist. Yeah. Would be a way to put it. Um, he was like a tabloid writer who was just kind of loved to attack authority. Yeah. And talk shit. And um, he previously had mostly been doing a bunch of anti-Catholic stuff. Yep. But at some point, he decides that he wants to go after Freemasonry. Yep. And yes, by the way, this is pretty much the beginning of people thinking the Freemasons are secretly like the satanic Illuminati who's controlling everything. Yep. Good job, Leo Taxil. <laughs> yep. So, basically, Taxil kind of starts writing these so-called, you know, Freemason exposés. Yep. And they don't even really start with Satanism. Yeah. That kind of... 
he's just kind of like throwing shit out and seeing what sticks. He's yep. just spitballing here. Yep. And, you know, writing all these books, um, and people are buying them, people are eating them up. And yep. he keeps just, like, he's pretending that he's converted to Catholicism and that he repents all the anti-Catholic shit he said. Yeah. And, you know, Catholic bishops are lauding him. Yeah. And, you know just really giving glowing endorsements of everything he said. And he's just like snickering in his sleeve here. Yeah. Like, this guy cannot believe that he's getting away with. with what he's getting away with. So he starts throwing in Satan because yep. why not? Yep. Um, and basically, Oh, the image of Baphomet that we were talking about, Mm-hmm. from Levy, uh, comes back here. Yep. Because, and in some ways, that's almost like how that image gets introduced to Satanism. Yep. Is in this guy's fucking conspiracy theory nonsense. Yeah. Because um, he's describing how all the Masonic lodges secretly yeah. have some inner sanctum with these giant Baphomet statues yeah. with the goat head and everything. Yep. And the idea of, like, there's sort of a, an order within the order. Yeah. You know, there's the, the inner, inner circle of Freemasons that yep. are, you know, it's the reveal, surprise, we're actually Satanists. Yep. Um, oh, it's fun, because this is also when the term Luciferian starts to be used. Yeah. A lot, actually. Um, Good. And it's actually pretty funny because, so I, I'm reading Devil Worship in France right now. Yeah. Which is basically Arthur Edward Waite reacting to the Taxel hoax in real time. Yes. Um, and it's great because it's an Arthur Edward Waite of the Rider Waite tarot deck. Yep. Same guy. Turns out he's really, really snarky and uh, salty yeah. about bullshit conspiracy theories. Um, yep. Where was I going with that? Uh, Satanism, Korean. Satanism. Baphomet. Taxel hoax. Yes, but I had a reason for why I was bringing up Waits' book about this. Um, did he have some... Right, no, he... Okay, right, Luciferianism. Yes. Um... It's interesting because in the book Devil Worship in France, mm-hmm. the word Luciferian is, Luciferianism is used and it is defined in the way that you'll still sort of see it defined mm-hmm. on, say, Wikipedia or in sort of Satanism 101 spaces on the internet yeah. of being sort of the more altruistic... Um, yeah. liberatory, knowledge-seeking kind of Satanism. Yep. Which is funny to me, because we don't really have evidence of actual Luciferianism yeah. being practiced. So it could be that 
our religion was actually kind of defined during this hoax. Yep. <laughs> before it even existed. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, um, so Taxil keeps just laying it on heavier and heavier with the fucking, you know, Freemason, Satanist crap. Yeah. Um, ends up inventing this completely fictional woman yep. named Diana Vaughn. Yep. Who is supposedly kind of high priestess, chosen high priestess of Satan yep. and um, destined bride of Asmodee. Yep. And you know, was a... Because actually, this is another part of the whole Masonic conspiracy theory. Yes. Satanic panic thing is um, the idea that women were actually in the Masons. Yep. Um, so, yes. Diana Vaughn, female, non-existent, Satanic Mason. Yep. Of, you know, the highest degree or whatever. Yep. And then she converts to Catholicism. Yep. And, you know, dramatically starts publishing tell-alls yep. about what she's been through. And Taxel is, you know, pointing at them and saying, See, see, this is corroboration. I was telling you about this woman. She's my source. Yeah. It is actually him writing under a different name. Yep. Um, because Taxel is basically, like... I call... A, a bunch of bees in a trench coat. Or <laughs> 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 a bunch of aliases in a trench coat. He's a troll. He's a sketchy motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and Devil Worship in France, as I was saying by Arthur Edward Waite, is really fun because it's kind of just a survey mm-hmm. of all the material that's being published by Taxil and Tax- Diana Vaughn. Yeah. And aka also Taxil. And a couple of other people who actually might also have been Taxil. Yep. Um, but these are just. It's exactly like... I'm wondering if this is kind of the first modern conspiracy theory. Yeah. Because it's all the shit that we're used to hearing today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all of that, oh yes, all the most powerful people in the world belong to this secret society, yeah. and they worship Satan, and they're pulling all the strings, and there's anti-Semitism in here for some reason. Yeah. I mean, anti-Semitic <laughs> conspiracy theories have been a thing for a long time. It's true, it's true, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it really, it has that whole kind of wake-up sheeple vibe. Yep. Which is fascinating. Yep. And they're claiming all sorts of things are happening, you know, that there's these masses, these black masses going on where Lucifer is appearing in the flesh. Yep. Usually as a beautiful twink. Hot. Yeah, no, most of the descriptions of Satan are um, super hot. And actually, Waite is making fun of them um, and basically doing the 19th century version of, well, this sounds like a Marty stew. <laughs> you know, this sounds like some fan service in here. <laughs> um, Especially the, the pieces allegedly written by Diana Vaughn are apparently very, very, very swoony over Lucifer's appearance. I mean... You know, valid, big mood. Yeah, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Doris Carl Husemans is kind of being, like, consulted yeah. on this whole 
question of Satanism. Yeah. Because he's sort of accidentally become seen as a bit of an expert, and he's going, well, I don't know why. This seems a little far-fetched to me, but... Um, eventually, after just taking everyone for a ride for 12 years, yep. Taxel just admits that it was all a complete lie. Yep. He just made everything up. Yep. Um, what's sad is that there's still a lot of conspiracy theorists today mm. who are still believing all of the shit that he admitted to making up. Yep. Because people are insanely dense. And so they're probably like, oh, no, they got to him. That's exactly They shut him up, man. That's exactly what they say. Yeah. Um, So, what were you going to say, Ron? I don't think I was going to say anything. You're just being vague and playing with your hair. Yes. And contemplating smoke inhalation. Yes. That's kind of how we are today. Yep. We're sorry. We're sorry that we don't make any sense because the world is on fire and we're all going to die. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Point is. Yep. We have no conclusive or even like reasonably convincing evidence. That anyone. That Satanism in France was happening. Yes. There's just a weird amount of accusations of it. Yes. Um, one thing I will say for Arthur Edward Waite yes. is he does at the beginning talk about how he's pretty sure there's some kind of Satanism happening in France because there's been a report of just a huge rash of communion wafers being stolen. And that is... And it's suspicious, and he feels like the church wouldn't make that up because it doesn't exactly make them look good that they keep getting that stolen from them. And he also mentions, you know, it's not a situation where they're being stolen because the vessel that they're in is valuable or anything. It's like, it's been very clear that it's actually about the wafers. Yep. (coughs) So you'll end up reading things like that. And stolen communion wafers... It's a fairly good sign. That you have Satanists. Yep. Now, I we, will say, yep, we, I have never stolen a communion wafer. Yep. It's kind of a dick move. Yep, don't like doing, don't believe in doing that. But communion wafer, like, at the same time, I kind of get it, because they are really great magical materials for yep. certain rituals. Yep. But, you know, if you want to have a black mass, you don't actually have to steal other people's communion wafers. There's also making your own black bread is a completely valid option. Yep. I'm pretty sure that the guy in La Yeah. did that. Exactly. Um, So, you know, you don't have to steal shit from the church to kick it like a French devil worshiper. So don't do that. Yeah, it's frustrating because there's a lot of smoke. (laughs) And we can't say for sure that there's fire. Yep. Oh, you thought I was talking about the literal situation. No, I thought you were were making a a joke. A a pun. I I wasn't doing it intentionally. I'm not clever enough for that right now. But yeah, regarding whether there is, whether there was Satanism in France, there's a lot of smoke. I kind of feel like there's probably some fire in there somewhere. But we don't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, um, 
the Italian gentleman living in France, France, who I mentioned earlier, the occultist yeah. uh, Guaita, wrote a bunch of books with various satanic-sounding titles yep. that have not been translated into English yet. And we don't speak French. And we don't speak French, although I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that I'm yeah. actually going to have to learn French I as think... my research language when I go to school. I think we might both have to learn French. Yeah, because right now we can't really tell what the fuck was happening, but there's kind of a lot of texts that... Yeah. English speakers haven't even gone to look at yet. Yep. Um, which is a shame. This happens with occult texts a lot. Yeah. In various languages. I mean, there's shit that hasn't even been translated out of Latin. Yep. So much stuff. So much stuff. And so, like, yeah. If you want to be a real good occultist, learn some languages. Probably. Yeah. He says playing with his hair. And having taken four years of Latin and not remembering Latin. <laughs> Staring vacantly into space. Well... Wearing an open bathrobe. It's a satin robe, just so we're clear. I'm not, like, sitting in a terry cloth robe. Of course, of course not. Yeah. Anyway, um, I... I have no idea if this episode is going to be remotely listenable. I really fucking hope that it is. Yep. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I'm highly indebted to uh-huh. um, Jason B. on Cult Nation. Yep. Who wrote a really fun four-part series uh-huh. on um, French Satanism. Yep that I've been sort of referring to this entire time, as well as Wikipedia, as always. Yep. And... And, you know, I should just... I feel like it would behoove us to Mm -hmm. mention as well... Yeah. That, like, I think it's interesting how much, like, Satanism and France have a connection. Yes. And then I also think it's interesting how much France loves the leftist revolution. Yes. Well, I mean... Yeah. I think what's probably going to end up happening eventually... Yeah. ...is we'll someday have a similar episode... About... About Russia. Yeah. And Satanism. We probably will. But there's a bunch of other texts... Yeah. ...that we haven't read yet. Some of which probably haven't been translated from Russian into English. Yep, that there is a real translation problem. It's hard to find yeah. Russian translators. Um, but like, I find it really interesting that. Okay, so you had the I think 1860s uh, Paris Commune. Mm-hmm. Yep. You had um, and. Like, that's kind of around some of this stuff. Well, you know what seems to kind of keep happening with France and Satanism? Is you have, like, massive political upheaval, and then, like, about 20 to 30 years later, you have Satanism. Though, I will also say that the Paris 68 Mm. riots, like, the 60s are a time of occult interest. That's true. Um... And, you know, um, 
immense political upheaval, and I know that, uh, so the French 68 riots, which were huge and a big deal, mm-hmm. um, and, like, almost succeeded in having a revolution, um, like, so that was done by the situation, like, a core group involved in organizing that were the situationists who were this mm-hmm. group of artists. Uh, notably Guy Debord, or Debord? Oh, fuck it. But anyway, he wrote Society of the Spectacle, which mm-hmm. has influenced a lot of modern cultists. Valid. Yeah. It's just, so it's not like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, the occult influences kind of going on through France and the rest of Europe throughout yep. the entire 19th century. Yep. But you get the real yeah. the real panic in the 90s. Yeah. And it kind of feels like it's yeah. this backlash after there's been a little bit more yeah. upheaval and um, things moving sort of farther left. Yeah. And then things move back, yep. and that's when you get the panic. Yes, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I want to mention, even with Gilles de Ray, like, this is after, like, right after the whole war with England. Yes. <laughs> like, a yep. lot had just gone down. Yes. And then things quiet down, and you yeah. need to have a weird... Kind of a... Satanic freakout. Yep. That's just how France appears to be. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting. I think, you know, the timing is interesting. I think the... Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's a very interesting pattern mm-hmm. in an interesting country and has a lot of both interesting political and occult history. So, France is cool, guys. Um... <laughs> I'm a mess. <laughs> We're both messes. It's okay. I think we should just try and wrap this thing up. Yeah. Um, and hopefully when we're back next week, we'll make a little bit more sense and not be in the throes of yes collapsing from smoke inhalation. Hopefully this hasn't resulted in like permanent brain damage. That would be good. Yeah. Here's hoping. Um. Okay, well, I have a backwards satanic message. Good. It's going to be a little longer than usual because Lay it's it really fucking cool. Shh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'll stop myself there. Um, as always, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, leave us a review. It really genuinely does help. So if you like what we do, please do that. Um, you can contact us at... Speak of the Devil Podcast 666 at gmail.com. We're still looking forward to snake photos from you. Um, Send us your snake. Well, not the trouser snake, but 
No unsolicited <laughs> dick pics. Thank you. Um, or I guess you might think they're solicited, but they are not. They're not. We, we just want to see actual snakes. Yes. Happy little reptiles. <clears throat> um, you know, we'll accept a lizard, too, honestly. Um, you know the, the lore that the serving yeah. in Eden had legs? I know. It's so good. It is Anyway, good. yeah, so you can contact us by email, and you can rate us, and you can you can be our friend, and... and you can like us and, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speak of the Devil podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Speak of the Dev, so, you know, add us someplace. Talk to us. We are profoundly friendly. And profoundly brain-damaged. Yep at the moment um so until next week hail satan hail satan